episode is sponsored by T. This episode is sponsored by Lipton. On this episode of Catch Your Life. I'm definitely working on my mental health because I know it's not where I need it to be. Boundaries are like water consumption. You can't drink like hella water and be good for the whole year. You have to actively drink water and nourish your body every single day in order for that to be effective. I am a black person who cares about black people and everything that affects us, y'all. And I'm still like that. <laughs> I'm gonna start off this one. Can't wait to hear him. What is up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Catch Your Life. My name is Casey, a sex positive queer model of color who's extremely interested in fitness and mental health awareness. It's hyped up race. I don't even know who I am anymore. It's 2021. <laughs> it's been a year COVID. I haven't even stepped my picky toe in a motherfucking club, but I'm here. I still DJ, I make music, Period. but fuck COVID. <laughs> And I'm Michelle. I am a black person who cares about black people and everything that affects us, y'all. And I'm still like that. <laughs> it's been a minute, first of all. It has been a How long has it been? Minutes. Um, I don't even know when's the last one. Me and Reese were listening to the recording of the last one. And we were just talking, I was talking about my relationship and I was like, oh my God, it's yes. been a whole minute. Like I have I been like whole single for It was probably like June or something. Maybe June or May, like, July, shoot. It was, I think it was right before I left or like a month or two before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into our segments because you already know our segments are the same as um, they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is event session segment where we talk about relationships, life frustrations, life realizations, and what we've been up to. Um, I'm going to start off this one, I guess. Moving to LA, the last yes. podcast episode that we had... Um, I was freaking in Jersey. We were in Jersey. And yes. so I was always, there was always this anticipation of me moving to LA. And there was some bumps in the motherfucking road, y'all. Okay. Um, I didn't think I was going to wait the hero. I did not think I was going to get here. Um, but here I am in LA in my apartment, in my bedroom, my first ever bedroom. I've never had a bedroom before. I've always shared it with my brothers. I've always shared it with my mom or somebody in my family because I have a large family so just blessings on top of blessings I am so grateful to be here um but with that comes a lot of things that were unexpected and bumps in the road LA has taught me that like there is money everywhere like there is money for everyone in all facets of life LA has definitely increased my meditation and not because everybody else is doing it it's because it's literally what keeps me humane and sane um, living with other people and just like the adjustments that I've had in my life recently, it's just been a lot of new shit. And it's just like, I, I was like, all right, I'm moving during a pandemic. I can take this. Like I'm a mental health advocate. I have tips and tricks. Boom. A train hit me. And that shit was called the devil. And it was just like, it was literally everything was trying to grab me, pull me, top me, turn me. But Grace of God found a job, got a campaign deal with Bumble. What? People oh, say, I picked that. Shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Not, <laughs> meditation has helped me, but working, you guys know I work out like all the time. Right. Um, so working out has helped me reserving my energy. And I didn't like coming to LA at first, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be this social being. Knowing me, like I'm not even that person. Like, so from jump, like you already know you're anti. So 
I was like, I'm gonna be this social person and I'm gonna try to allow as much people in as possible just to make friends and like try to coexist and like make a new life for myself. But like saying all that to say, um, make intentional friends end of the day because not everybody deserves to be in your life and you can't allow everybody's energy in your life, in your apartment, wherever you are. So that was a big adjustment for me, like socializing with people to a certain extent and being very intentional, purposeful and fruitful with who I allow into my space. Thank God I had my friend Shanice from Jersey and she is just like a healer, like a natural born healer. And she has helped me so much to just ride on faith. And like, if it's meant to be, it will be all of this. Like she gave me a book on prosperity and I've just been like reading more, going out more with intention and not just going out to party or going out to be with somebody who is popular in the crowd and just being very intentional, very intentional. But yeah, Bumble campaign, that was like my first big campaign here and more to come. And that's what's been going on with me. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw that. I'm, that's crazy. That was a very nice little ad. That really was a nice, I, the bowl. I said, oh, this is nice. <laughs> the healing bowl, yeah. This is nice. <laughs> I was straight in my bag. I was in my bag because I got to be like every time I go to a casting and every time I like audition for something, it's like they you gotta be this, you gotta be that, you gotta be this, you gotta be that. But like they were just like literally riding for me. Like they were yeah. got camera. I was talking about spirituality, I was talking about my healing bowl, and it was just me being me. And I literally knew I was like meant to be. And that was kind of my aha moment that I had. That's one of the questions that we have to answer later. But yeah. Hey, how do we follow up with that? <laughs> I mean, I am in grad school right now, so it's a lot of um, it's a lot of work, of course. And then just all in all, like it was hard jumping, especially after you take a two, three year break from uh, from you know school and stuff like that. Jumping right back into all that was like, dang, what the hell? I was really doing whatever I wanted back when I didn't have to go to school. And now look at me, I have to do this work. It's not easy. It's not like and I think we say that, you know, as you, you know, after high school, you say it when you get to college, but really you can't, there's no way to get around. Like you have to do the work. It's crazy. You have to do the readings. You have to do everything. So it is, there's no way to get around it. Um, so that was hard, but yes, I have been, um, you know, taking time and um, I didn't want to take like a complete like hiatus from trying to like create content, that kind of stuff. So I just found what worked for me. So I just kept doing, just kept doing thrift with me because I know it was hard for me to do like styling videos. Um, just because it took a lot of like time. Of course, you got put together all these outfits and all that kind of stuff. I didn't really have time for that. So the thrifting, thrift with me is, is, you know, comes naturally because I just go to thrift store, take videos of what I see, you know, and post it. So that was, um, it's good if that becomes a hit and it's not too, um, you know, cumbersome to, you know, create. So yeah, that's good. And I actually, it's so weird. The algorithm on TikTok is like, actually, it's, it's really crazy. Um, it, it really is. Because I posted, my last video I posted, or like the last thrift me I posted was like, March 20th or something like that. Most of my videos get like the same amount of views, like 7,000 or something like that. Yesterday or last two days, like I just kept getting a lot of like, it's been a while and I haven't been getting a lot of likes. Like, you know, after a couple of days you stop getting likes. But then yesterday I started getting a lot of likes again, a lot of like feedback comments and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, what is going on? And then come to find out, I guess, you know, I could guess the algorithm pushed it back up into the, you know, back into the rotation. And yeah. like this girl that I actually started watching um, this girl I started watching on YouTube uh, actually followed me and liked and commented on my video. I said, oh, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, she like, oh, her and she so was tough. like, oh, yeah, this is great. And I was like, wow. Yes. yes. And I said, 
But so I just want to point out a dope ass point because like when you explained like the art of thrifting, I was like, well, how do you know what to find? And you were like, right. well, the YouTubers, they, you know, they point out the design of shit. Like this right, is, right. They, they, it's the style, it's the brand, yeah. like, you know? And those are the people you studied and the fact that it's coming around full right. circle. Like, yeah, I said, yeah, Darren, bitch, I, guess... I see you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it is, um, it is also about having an eye for it because you know, there's a lot of hype beasts, you know, yeah. you know, they, you know, they see thrifting, they see, oh, you can find like, you know, hundred dollar things if you go thrifting. And yeah, it's true. Um, but of course that's not gonna happen every time. So um, you really just have to have an eye for it and just know, know certain styles and fashion and stuff like that. Because a lot of things I put, like I post, a lot of people will still see on their own and not really think nothing of it. But a lot of times when I pull it out and show you and say, oh yeah, this is the brand, that's how much they retail for whatever. And people are like, oh, wow. Wow. So yeah, it is, it is, it really, yeah, it really is art. It it really is. Yeah. That's really it. Just school and rise to fame on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. I remember when you said you went in on an investment property with your brother. Wow. Yes. How did, did. how is that? Yeah. How is that? Yeah. So my, me and my brother and two of our friends that we actually, um, you know, went to high school and one of them went to uh, like elementary school and stuff like that. We, um, you know, put in money and we got this property um, and we had it, we've had it since September. So now we are, you know, three, three out of the four people are in school, are in graduate school. So it is a little bit hard now, but, you know, we're working through it. We're almost, we got through, we passed our inspection. So right now we're just waiting to, um, I think we have one more step and we have, uh, then we can start renting it out. So yeah, that's on the up and up. That's um, what's up. Hope that's awesome. Return on my investment. Yeah. <laughs> yes, your ROI. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get your so, shit. Yeah. I literally, when people say, I'll oh, tell you what's going on, I don't even think about stuff. But then, you know, other people point it out. You're like, yeah, I did. I did do that. Yeah. I did. So, yeah. <laughs> what's up? Relationships? What you, what's got, what you got going on? Literally. In the, in the COVID. Literally non existent. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all can see me right now, literally non existent. Um, <laughs> But I'm fine with that. I don't really, I, I, I don't even, be, I really don't even be thinking about it. So yeah, here you are. Here. Right. It comes when it comes, I guess. You're too busy. Yeah, I don't even be. I honestly don't. So you don't have time. You're yeah, I literally it. don't. So there's no, I, no time to stress about that at this point. <laughs> I don't know if somebody panoramic and threw you a cute bit of something. Mm. I'm just saying. I don't know. Update. I am. Um, I'm doing pretty well. Like I'm definitely working on my mental health because I know it's not where I need it to be, mm. which is why I wear these shirts that you are worth it. My positive affirmation shirts, because I don't know about y'all, but this environment is different. <laughs> this is not my stomping grounds. It has me in disarray. Like I'm just, you know, it's slow pace, but it gives you time to basically just feel everything and you you can't run away as easily as you used to with your schedule being all booked up club 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 like it's definitely um definitely sitting with me so uh I'm actually I want to work on my relationship with my parents you know just the communication between them I want to uh better that and um I definitely feel like there's been a void in a lot of my friendships because of COVID, because it's paused, uh, you know, the normal day-to-day interactions that we we feel we we're, that we're used to. 
So that's definitely that's different. I feel like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm a shitty friend because I'm just exhausted, <laughs> you know, and it's not it, it's just because this climate is completely different and I want to do better as far as keeping up. But I, I know my my homies, they're good. Like and if they need me, I'm fucking there in a heartbeat. And, you know, I feel the same with them. So um it's definitely tough for me navigating these waters. But, you know, like I said, it, there's some wins with it, too. It's not all bad. I definitely got my second house during this pandemic. And I've been able to uh, just move in a space of total independency, which is kind of weird, you know. And then once you do it, it's like, damn, this is it. Like, you was all scared for for this little shit, like, Bitch, your bills went up, what, $300? That's it? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You're sitting, you're sitting. So it feels good to be in this space. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely working on some things during this pandemic. I was lucky enough to be invited back on the Goldie Awards for 2021. I took the opportunity to get some exposure, and I did that. Off of that shows, literally somebody just bought a shirt. You know, that say you are not alone. So there's goes my affirmations too. Um, getting in a mix, but yeah, I'm just trying to keep myself afloat. I don't know how y'all are doing it, but I am like, I'm off the Richter scale. <laughs> like, I, I need a center. And even though I work and, you know, my routine is not, you know, throwing so much out of whack. Like my employment's been pretty stable. It hasn't been too crazy. I'm so thankful for that. But um, this social because we're humans we need to socialize so it's just like you know forced social interactions don't help but you know those natural ones where you just relate to groups of people that just fuck with what you fuck with it there it just doesn't happen as easy as it did uh when outside was open so i'm just trying to navigate this place and trying to figure out how to adapt because the summer's coming up like this shit about to this shit's about to be hot like we're not about to let this shit take us down like so i'm just looking forward to that but no you actually inspired me to get a therapist and moving out here it's just been like um i've always said i was like all right i'm gonna get a therapist i'm gonna get a therapist but out here like moving to LA i really had to get a therapist because there was a lot of things that i had to unlearn within myself and that i had to work on and so thank you yeah. for that. Yeah, therapy has helped me too. Um, like like I said, it's 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 like mental gymnastics. Like it's meant it's the mental gym, bitch. Like you gotta keep going. Like this is a journey. This isn't like a all right, I'll get it back together with this problem and then I'll slack off. Like, no, that shit's gonna rear its ugly head again. And you're gonna be like, right. what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, yeah. Right. So you know, I'm in it for the long term. I still got to, you know, definitely get better with managing time just for yourself and self-care. You know, I don't want to, I really want to take care of myself. I really want to put myself first. I really want to give myself the benefit of the doubt. Like, I really want to take that time to do that with this journey. I don't want to do no, you know, self-care day and fucking buying some audio equipment and then making beats. Like, no, that's not it. That's yeah. not it, Reese. Like, really get to know you and, and sit with yourself sober, right? And mm-hmm. and, talk, and have that conversation. And, like, Absolutely. just sit with yourself and don't distract yourself. Like, when's the last time I wrote? You know, those are things I think about. Like, I, when is the really, when is the last time I actually sat with my thoughts and, and just didn't 
always find a way to distract myself. Like I'm tired of distracting myself. And I feel like that's, that's literally like, I'm just like, and COVID is like putting that on the forefront and it's just making me feel uncomfortable, but like, I'm gonna deal with it. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna grab myself by my box braids and deal with it. Okay. (laughs) I can literally relate. Like busy work is not always productive. I always used to be the person to be like, all right, I'm doing something. I'm doing something. And thinking I was Mm -hmm. really Done. like in yes. circles in circles fucking circles doing the same like but like I, if it's one thing i'm gonna do move into la if it's one thing i'm gonna do i'm gonna take a fucking nap okay i'm gonna write in my fucking journal and exactly I'm time to myself and really think about what's the next step for me and how i want to move um i feel like back on the east coast i was always trying to do busy work busy work busy work and thinking it was something when i just needed yeah. to do a lot of inner work within myself and not reflect that onto friendships exactly. or um, relationships or family so yes yeah. i always and i found out like i'm always trying to fix somebody like bitch do you know how hard-headed you are like this is me to me like do you know how you don't listen why the fuck do you think somebody else gonna listen when you your ass don't even listen <laughs> how riddle me this Hmm. like that's literally like i i've just come to that like just like stop shut up listen like actually listen before you talk so i'm moving in there it's uncomfortable but guess you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable right (laughs) right so that brings us to our next segment which is our mental health awareness segment where we get you ready and reset you for the week to come um I wanted to talk about setting boundaries and Reese you kind of like pivoted me into this segment when you're talking about setting boundaries for yourself because you're like yo I'm exhausted and I don't have time to give you the energy that I don't have (laughs) like it's good that you subconsciously have that boundary within yourself to set um me talking to my therapist um I was telling her all the past relationships toxic shit that I've been through with family Mm -hmm. and friends and intimate partners as well. And her first question was like, um, well, have you set boundaries? <laughs> and I'm like, boundary? What's a boundary? <laughs> I'm like, she speaks Spanish. But I had to sit down with myself and really think about what are my boundaries, like financially? Um, am I putting money aside to budget for a trip, for a house that I want, for whatever I want? Am I going out every weekend? Am I spending my money? Um, pandemic wise, work wise, boundaries are like water consumption. You can't drink like hella water and be good for the whole year. You have to actively drink water and nourish your body every single day in order for that to be effective. And boundaries, you have to actively work on it every single day because people will literally try to overstep your boundaries every fucking single day. (laughs) I'm not lying. Like this is dead ass. This is Bible. Saying all that to say, um, It required me to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, like you said, Reese, in the work of setting boundaries. But when I move on to relationships, boundaries within our relationships, that means standing up for yourself as an adult, restructuring your relationships, having difficult ass conversations, Mm -hmm. and setting boundaries with your family is the hardest, especially for me, because our family members may have had the privilege to condition us for the majority of our lives. We are your children, but we are still not a child. We're no longer a child. So it's it's working that into my mindset of thinking my boundaries, because my mom, my dad, my auntie, my grandma, whatever it may be for you, 
they will try to convince you that your boundaries are disrespectful. Well, don't be disrespectful. Yo, I'm still young. I'm it's still dead ass, dead ass. Like, literally. So you have to unlearn that. Like literally unlearn that. Your boundaries are set universally for everyone. Exactly. Literally. Like no one else. Like you have to set forth your boundaries and stand by that and stick by that because people will try to knock you off, knock you off. And for me, the hardest one other than family was intimate relationships. I'm done being put on a repetitive cycle of relationships that are led by sex and not intellect. And I really had to talk to, to my therapist about that because that was a primary um, toxic trait of mine, toxic behavior of mine. Um, I would always start off with sex first and not really get involved within the relationship and who the person was and what are their goals and what's this, what's that, the third, who's your mom, what's her name, like, yeah, what's your middle uh, name, your last name, funny. like all of that. So yeah. for me personally, it involved me setting a boundary to not have sex on the first day, on the second day, on the third day, maybe for the first month or the second month and the third month, because I want to get to know you as a person. I need to set boundaries and I need to be super conscious about that. So that was the boundaries that I had to talk about. I wanted to end it with asking you guys a question of what boundaries have you guys had to set recently? Let me tell you, let me tell you, I just bought this house, right? And I had a housewarming for like, like close family and friends. Mm. So I told my dad, I told my dad to specifically not tell anybody. Like I would be the one to give the invite. So don't invite anybody, sir. Right. So I have this housewarming and I expecting my grandparents to show up. Right. And um, when my one set of grandparents do show up, I realize it's not a comfortable space for them because all I came in here with was a bed and a futon. Like, Mm. you know, jumping the gun a little bit. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so they were there. They were uncomfortable, but they showed up. My other grandmother, she didn't show up just because she didn't feel like it. Uh, I'm, I think it's because of COVID. You know, everybody's scared. Your emotions are all bent out of shape. All right. But I was pissed. I was extremely pissed that she didn't show up because she just, you know, just nope, you know, but she knew. And uh, and I was also upset at the fact that, you know, my grandma, she wasn't comfortable and she just cooked all this food. I'm like, dang, at least I could do. And I have her sitting on the steps, but or in the futon sunken in, but <laughs> she in the futon sunken in. So <laughs> my dad shows up with a cousin that I haven't seen in years and his girl. And I'm like, OK, like I went to my dad's house earlier that day before the housewarming started and I saw them. So I was like, all right, like. Mm-hmm. You know, family, I guess my grandma's here from North Carolina. They want to see her. I don't know. Granted, they're coming over to my house, right? I let that slide. Then I get another knock on the door. Another man comes into my house who's a friend of my dad's. And I see him usually, but this is not a usual occasion. This is right. a, this is not the situation that uh, I didn't invite you, bro. So, Period. you know, he dabs him up and takes him in my living room and I got everybody's parents here, you know, my cousins, like, I'm trying to make sure this is a safe environment. This nigga just roll in, like, can hat, pink, pink flamingo, top, shorts, whatever. He's walking through my house. My dad is like, yeah, there go Yana, like, just like, you know, this is her house. He's like giving him the grand tour of my house at this point. Like, that's, that's, that's my daughter. They call me Yana on my dad's side. So he's like, yep, there she go. And he continues, walks right past me, goes, you know, to my studio where they go and smoke, right? Oh, Lord. My oh, little sister, no. <laughs> my little sister 
comes in here to smoke and she comes back out and she's like it looked like a whole bunch of thugs in your room like i'm not even comfortable like going back there and mind you she's playing around because she knows everybody she knows this our father (laughs) (laughs) the cousins so she's clearly playing but it's the fact that she didn't feel comfortable in my house and it's like i don't like that i don't like that so that's what there was another knock on the door right no yes Another and somebody else comes in and granted mind you i know these people that came in my house like these are not yeah. foreign people that yeah. at my dad's house you probably saw all, all <laughs> both of yeah. but for real like like he sees these people all the time but after the third person comes in i tell him can we talk outside <laughs> mind you my outside is you see the studio like right outside this door and it was a hot day so the windows is open i'm just explaining how i'm upset and like this is not cool like there were specific you know rules in place and you and you and you literally like and i got loud you know me i'm very passionate when i'm serious about something like you're not about to blow me off like i'm gonna tell you how i feel and i did air him out while the windows were open and his friends were in it so that's what i apologize like that's what i feel bad about you know my approach to it but bottom line you didn't listen to me you did not listen. You completely disregarded what I said. You know, he was talking about, oh, they was at my house, this and that, whatever. You know, like I was like, you're making me uncomfortable in my own house. So he ended up leaving with him and his whole entourage. Right. <laughs> I didn't feel good going yeah. to sleep that night. I felt bad because he walked out of here like a deflated balloon. And I didn't like that. You know, yeah. I already yeah. told y'all my grandma didn't come. So I'm already feeling some type of way about that. And now my dad left. I'm like, this is not the point of this all. You know, right. this is not the point of this at all. So um, I sleep on it. Next morning comes, I go to my dad's house and I have a conversation with him. He goes, was it me? Was it me? Did I do something? I'm like, all right, listen. So this is what happened. I was projecting onto you, right? I was projecting onto you the feelings of, you know, not being not having an event that I wanted to have. Like it didn't go the way I expected it to go. So I did, I lashed out on you in my approach, but you were wrong. (laughs) Like you were clearly wrong. Like, you know, and um, I actually had to have a conversation with my therapist about this. And uh, granted with the backstory of it all, because my, me and my dad's relationship is a little rocky. Uh, She said, I need to put more boundaries in place because what essentially is happening is there's this uh the history of men treating women like second class citizens in my family like for example whatever is yours is mine type of shit like it's just really disrespectful and you know he wanted to do that in my space like whatever is mine whatever is yours is mine and it does it's it's it can't be like that and um, that's how I've been operating for a very long time. Uh, and it's crazy because I didn't want to be like my grandmother, who I see this in as a 25 year old. I'm like, you know, she was my hero. But like, damn, like she's like she just letting niggas talk to her any type of way. Like mm. she walking over you like you a rug and you the matriarch that created this whole thing. This don't make no type of sense. You get right. disrespected in front of my face. I don't want to be like you. I used to want to be like you, but this is rude and you don't say shit. This is not okay. That's so crazy right? that you say that. That's yeah. that's, a, but, that's a conversation I was having with my friend um this past week. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. 
But the craziest part is when I was explaining all of this to my therapist, my fucking therapist had the nerve to tell me that I was just like my grandmother. Like, you are your grandmother's baby. Like, she told me that, and I broke down. Like, it's I hard fucking, like, when because of all the things I've done for my dad, you know, this is right. not my first house. This is yeah. my second house. The mm-hmm. reason being, my dad lives in my house and flexes in my house. Like, I ain't even help with the house. Right, right, right. Like, mm-hmm. faithfully, it looked like y'all could be real. Out of that whole house, I was in two rooms in a corner. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't moving around. Like, I like that space. Like, even, like, having a party there, it was always, like, I had to a- ask for permission or see what was going on because this nigga moved different. And it was just, like, it just, it didn't feel like mine. It, I felt like a second-class citizen in my own home. Right. So, you know, telling her all that and having the reality be that I am my grandmother's child. Like I have this generational trauma that is literally passed down to me. Right. And and it's just like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. It's like, bitch, you are like that. It's like, damn. So I have to get more boundaries in place, just like you, Casey. Um, And it's crazy because the person who really highlighted the fact my lack of boundaries was my girlfriend. And it was because I have people pleasing tendencies. Mm. And she's like, listen, you don't, don't do this with me. Like, tell me what's up. Cause she's like, she's like super, you know, like she'd be looking up everything up and down. Like, don't just say yes, because you feel obligated. It better be a real yes. Like she don't play. She don't play. So (laughs) I like, I love that about her, but it forces me to really like sit there and think like, am I folding just because I want to make people happy? Or am I really doing this because I personally want to do this? And I don't want to like, cause what happens is the resentment builds up underneath, 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 and then boom, I explode. So I'm just trying like to get my boundaries with my parents, like my parents, it's so toxic. Like how you were saying, Casey, the whole, you know, if, if you put a boundary in place, it's seen as disrespect. And that's, you know, how I felt like my dad felt, he felt like a little, you know, sideways. Like this is what I usually do. And I can't do what I usually do in your shit. Like, no nigga, you actually can't go yeah, sit down. You cannot. Yeah. <laughs> <Goodbye>. <laughs> <laughs> Moving away. It really like, and coming back, it really showed me like what I was going through at home and the boundaries that I did not set in place for my parents. Like I didn't get to see my dad, but I got to see my mom and it was just like very different. The space was very different. It's like, I'm here in LA and it was this little bubble. And so I had to get away and get some love back home. And when I went back home, I realized what I was taking before and I'm like, oh no, I'm an independent ass person yes. right now. And I used to be taking some controlling relationship vibes from family. And it's just like, whoa, like I didn't even realize that I was taking that. And I had to talk to my therapist about that. And she was like, um, she's like, yeah, you definitely need <laughs> She'd be like, she'd be trying to say stuff without telling me and like guiding my mind to it. And that's the best part. Um, but she, we just, she basically was just talking about my boundaries that needed to be set there, but it was so crazy seeing what I used to take and mm-hmm. now realizing it. I didn't get to see my dad cause my dad got COVID. My grandma wow. got COVID and my brother got COVID. Wow. So Your brother, go, dear little brother still has it? No, he, he bounced back quick as hell because he's oh. super young, 
Mm-hmm. But um, my grandma was in the hospital for super long. She's actually still in the hospital. Um, and my dad was in the hospital. They went. They both went to the ER, which then led to the hospital. My dad got out a day before I left. So I saw him, I had like a 30 minute conversation with him in the car because I couldn't go to his house. Still had to be clean. Um, but I say all that to say, I didn't really get to see or be in the environment or ecosystem of what I used to live in with my dad. So like, but it was fun actually um, being able to dissect what I used to go through and being like, oh, I will never go through that again. Come on, Michelle. No, I w- I'm sitting here thinking about, just thinking about all the things you guys are saying. And um, in terms of, I was just saying like, in terms of like what you guys said, um, I was really just thinking, um, and I do think me being, you know, in graduate school definitely forced me to make boundaries that not only I had to have in school, but I had to take outside of that and, you know, other relationships because in school, in, in school, you know, especially, in, you know, in, in graduate school, there's like, of course you have your own responsibility. You're just more independent. It's more, you have to do the work. You have to do this. You have to do that. You take control of what you want to do and your career and all that kind of stuff. And there's certain things that I found myself saying yes to a lot of things. And I know that I was doing this. I, I know I do this in my everyday life. And it's definitely something I'm growing out of uh, because I'm the type of person to say yes and they complain about it, right? <laughs> so I would say yes. Um, and sometimes, of course, I really mean it. Uh, and most of the time I mean it because like we were saying, you know, people pleasing tendencies, right? Um, and then I complain about it. And then when I find myself, and I'm the person that complain about it, well, I'll say this before, but I was complaining about it and it'll be like a obsessive complaint. Like it would just be constant. Um, and I realized uh, I catch myself doing it sometimes now, but I stop myself from being, uh, you know, being too repetitive and, and sulking in, in certain things. Um, but then to saying yes to things, um, I am not afraid to say no anymore to an extent. It's definitely something I'm still working on. But uh, when it comes to school, you know, people ask you to do things or ask you to do too many things. And you just know that my, like my mental health is not, <laughs> it's not set up that I can do that. My brain is not set up. It, it's just too much. I, I, and I'm just like, no, I can't do that for you. I'm sorry. I can't do it. And I, it's, and I don't feel any type of way. And I, I, I really you. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that um, because I'm not supposed to, you know, I'm not supposed okay. to feel any type of way of um, saying what you mean or saying how you feel. Um, of course, in reason, you know, of course, in being um, considerate of people, but at the same time, when you know that it's something that's going to affect you um, and put a burden on you, not being afraid to say no. So that's definitely something I've learned. Um, and of course, I'm still working on it. And the thing, the gag is you can say no. And here's the biggest gag. Mm. You don't have to have any explanation. Yeah. Any. Because be, guess what? Your behavior is not in question. Right. Period. Yeah. And that was what I had to learn. Like, yeah. I don't, I actually don't owe you an explanation. I'm going to say no. And because- I think twice about it. Go to wow. I, I can't <laughs> wait to get there. <laughs> I'd be thinking it's a very about place. it. It's a very peaceful place. I remember I was having like a very hard week, just so many assignments, so much work, so many meetings. And I'm doing this internship, which is unpaid, if I might add. I'm doing a couple internships that are unpaid. And First I think that's all, another thing that taught it's me. It's illegal, but go ahead. <laughs> it should be. Especially it at this it point. should be because basically with the loopholes in the government system, y'all should be getting paid at least minimum wage, but the federal, you know, laws, you it know, that don't classy. include apprentice apprenticeships yeah. on purpose. Yeah, it's very classist because it's like, how many people can actually really afford to do something that's, you want me to do 20 hours a week unpaid? That's a privilege to be able to do that and not be phased by that. So I have to study, I have, there's three projects I'm doing right now that are unpaid um, and it's very demanding work. Um, and like I was saying, I had this one week that was crazy. And this lady wanted me to come to this food bank. 
and, and help pass out food. And I was like, and it was optional, but you know, I had said yes prior in the week or earlier in the week. And I, I texted her, I said, sorry, I'm not coming. And and that was just it because I know this is an internship, so I definitely had to keep it professional. I'm not, you know, burning no bridges, but at the end of the day, like, I'm not getting paid for this, man. I'm in graduate school. If I fail because of an unpaid internship, yeah, it's not going to be okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I just I, I, just not going above and beyond breaking your back for capitalism or any other type of, like, any night, like, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's, that's a good realization of hands. Moving on to our next segment. Our next segment is Catch My Life. It's where we ask the listeners for what they want advice on or what they want to ask us personally. So I put on my story, um, ask me anything. And we're just going to go through that. There was a lot of good questions, actually. Okay, so the first question is tips for self-care. I, um, for me, like, I, of course, everybody does not enjoy this, but I think find something you enjoy and do that to decompress, even if you feel like you don't have time, because you do. For me, of course, as Sturfin, like, I've had terrible, you know, long days. I know I have a paper due in, a, in 24 hours, but I'll go to the thrift store and walk around and just not even think about it, uh, whether it be for 30 minutes or an hour, and get out and then go do what I have to do and just, you know, clear my mind. Because, like Casey was saying earlier, we think because we make a whole list and we're trying to get as much as that done, um, we're being productive when in actuality we're not because we are, you know, burdening ourselves. So um, yeah, just find something you like to do, you love to do that takes your mind off of things and do that for a long period of time, a short period of time, and then get back to what you need to uh, accomplish. For me, I would think, um, or I would say rather, um, meditating, praying mm -hmm. has helped me in so many moments. Um, for me, also working out has kept me sane. And these are all things that keep me sane. This is for my self-care. And like Reese, like what you were saying, it's like, it's not just like one day that you can devote towards the week for self-care. Mm -hmm. You have to actively work on it each and every day because yeah. you could really lose your sanity, especially during this pandemic. So those would be for me. I would say meditating, definitely finding time to meditate. And just like you were saying, Michelle, everybody has time to set out 10 minutes in their day, whether it be for meditation. And meditation always doesn't, doesn't always look like sitting down, closing your eyes and right. Indian style and like kumbaya. Yeah. Meditation could be journaling. <laughs> meditation could be getting a massage. Meditation could be going out for a run, just like mindfulness by yourself, thinking by yourself, leaving your phone at home. You gotta have a knife in these LA streets though because they'd be crazy out here. But I say all that to say meditation is not just one thing. Meditation is mindfulness for what your self-care means to you. So meditation working out for me. And then also just like treating myself. That would be for me. Those are my self-care tips. Uh, self-care tips from me. I would suggest you uh, to go get the self-love workbook um, mm -hmm. and work in that. I definitely have to take my own advice and work in it more. You know, I usually uh, devote about 30 minutes a day to working in it. Um, I guess we'll leave up in the description who the book is completely by, but I think it's uh, Sinai Ali or something like that. Her name is something like that, but yeah, it's a self-love workbook. And um, yeah, that's one self-care tip I'd uh, recommend. Another one, which was what Michelle mentioned, what I do is I literally create for therapy. I fucking, what I do? I fucking tie-dyed some shit the other day. Like, I just be trying, like, new creative 
you know, outlets, you know, just to see what I got, what I can offer myself. And it, it's like, you know, don't put any expectations on yourself and just sit up there and just create, you know? Um, and yeah, those are my tips. Yeah, we'll link the book in the description of the podcast. And also fucking, um, I'm trying not to curse and I keep on cursing, but also <laughs> podcasts, listen to like self-care podcasts, get into that, get into yes. reading more, like just get into just not being on your phone as much as you usually are, taking the first hour of when you wake up just to be with yourself and listen to like motivational shit. Oh, I just cursed yep. again. No, I'm not trying to curse. <laughs> Wait, can we shout out Slay Girl Slay? Slay Girl Slay, Ashley Legs. We're going to also put that in the description of the podcast. That has held me down. I feel like personally, she speaks to me on a personal spiritual level because first yeah. of all, she was in LA, moved out of LA, and I think she's back in LA now. But she talks about her whole story of finding herself, telling herself, that she was no longer going to work at nine to five. Like that was not for her. That did not fulfill her purpose in life. And she just moved on to this journey of figuring herself out with a lot of purpose and clarity. And I love her. Like, I don't even know her and I love her. I feel like that's this. Literally. And I feel she doesn't devote it towards specifically men, but I feel like I can relate. And she doesn't neglect the fact that it's um, towards black females. Yeah. So she can relate towards that. So, but she, I think in her last episode, she was talking about how she got DMs from men too. And she was like, I don't like y'all are welcome. Everybody's welcome. I'm not yeah. at the table. And I was like, I love you. Like, <laughs> yeah, she just, she's so freaking real. And she gives you like motivational tips to just like, keep going, you know, like when you feel hopeless, it, she just makes you feel like you're not by yourself on this mm. journey that we're all on, you know? So I definitely, I swear by her, like literally every week, it don't even matter if it's Monday or Thursday. I feel like it's Monday, boo, when she's talking to me because <laughs> Casey's smirking because he know exactly how she sound. And yep. Michelle, you're going to have to listen. Slay, yeah. girl, slay. She... But next question. The next question was, what's a non-negotiable for you before entering a relationship? For me, a non-negotiable before I enter a relationship? I would say during a relationship, it would definitely be communication. Well, actually before, because right, we're not really in a relationship. It's just a friendship at first. So that first initial communication and me trying to get to know you, you trying to get to know me, and us just being on a level of, okay, this is what I'm here for. Like, it doesn't always have to end in a uh, like an intimate relationship, but like just being very clear about what you want within this. Like, and when I say this, you guys can't see me, but I mean like us in a relationship, friendship, whatever it may be, just be very clear. I work on communication. I can't do miscommunication. Hmm. Uh, Non-negotiable. Is this in an intimate relationship or just a regular relationship? Like, um, Take it how you want, because it's just that relationship. Yeah, just I took like it as relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So just those relationships in general, a non-negotiable for me is like, somebody who is toxic and doesn't see that and doesn't want to work on themselves that right. to me is just <laughs> insane you're reckless and you're just like you're you reckless tasmanian yep. devil okay <laughs> you're not about to run through me yeah so that's a non-negotiable that trait you you yeah. and that trait could go in the trash you content with yourself and you crazy bye <laughs> bye as soon as they say as soon as they say well this is just how i am leave mm. 
this well this is just how i am oh my god that's negotiable you need to apply (laughs) that to uh, a lot of different relationships yeah nah i would (laughs) say i don't even i would say i feel like i have a lot of these but um i'm trying to find one that's prominent (laughs) but i would say like um open-mindedness like okay basically the same thing Reese is saying about people not wanting to change um yes someone could be i want I, of course i want the person to be open-minded i mean not judge people very you know harshly or like condemn people um it's not really judging it's like condemning people to like a certain category i don't like that i really don't and um then a the person not want to change that because some people do want to work on um being more accepting and stuff like that but I don't want to have to tell you that you have to do that. Like I want somebody to actively know that what they're doing or what they say, or they have to learn some and they're actively unlearning. I don't have to tell you like, Oh yeah, that's harmful. That's dangerous to say stuff like that. Um, you need to um, work on that. I don't want to have to, of course you say it once or twice, but like to Kevin, keep reminding somebody like, you know, I don't got time. I don't have the energy. Exhausting. Yeah. very. Let me, get, let me get deeper into it. Is the are these non-negotiables for y'all because you guys have been through it or is oh yeah this- they're yeah. my parents these are what I'm describing as my non-negotiable is what I deal with with my parents unfortunately <laughs> that's why I said I'm gonna have to apply this to all relationships and my yeah. mouth is all in the mic <laughs> yeah I mean I've met plenty of people who are and this is not just you know like intimate relationships but like I met plenty of people who are very content uh with certain uh behaviors and certain thoughts and it's just like <laughs> it's like laughable to it. it's it's sad but laughable and it's just like yeah nah i'm sorry uh we can't be friends we can't be nothing i, I just don't this is it's insane um uh, but yeah have been through it mm. okay next question mm-hmm. Next question is, I'm going to leave this question for last, and I'm going to skip over this one because I feel like there's a huge question to ask, and I don't know if I'm ready for it, so I have to think (laughs) about it a little bit. (laughs) Um, So next question is, what was your latest aha moment that you had with yourself, with somebody else, whatever it may be? Um, I'll go first because I know I already mentioned it. I would say, like, the saying no thing. Like, my latest aha moment was saying no and not having remorse when you know it's beneficial for you. You know that you saying no is better for your health and your mental health and your mindset, your overall being. So, um, yeah, I would say that's my um, latest aha moment. Uh, my latest aha moment was when my therapist told me I was just like my grandma. Mm. And I said, mm, I got to get this together. I, was like, I guess you're kind of right. <laughs> like you, and yeah. that's what was the tough part is I saw it. Acceptance. And yeah. I was just like, wow, like what, what would I mean? if I didn't do all these things that I'm doing to hustle for my worthiness, like Mm. how do you, how do you, how do you prove yourself just by being and not doing (laughs) to be? I I think a lot of times we like, like what you're saying of uh, you look up to your grandma we look up to people um, until we get older, we see certain things. We'd be like, um, have you always been allowing this to happen? So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) and I think that, um, we look at certain things and we're, we, we, we're like, oh yeah, that's not right. Like somebody talking yeah. to somebody crazy and they don't even say nothing. You'd be like, all right, we know that's not right. 
but it's the subtle things that we take from that. Like, like you said, it's a generational curse. There's subtle things. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, whether it be in, being a people pleaser, not yeah. speaking up when you see that a parent or a person is, you know, invading your space. Hey, yes. It's small yeah. things. Like we see the overt, like, oh, Damn. you gonna let him talk to you like that? You know, exactly. we, we we see that, but we don't, it's the subtle things that we get caught up in. Yeah. It builds yeah. up to yeah. this tragic thing, like, <laughs> damn, you're just going to let him talk to you like that? Like, yeah. and it don't be like that. At first, it's just like, you know, maybe letting his nigga come over and you ain't know. Like, yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> now he calling you a bitch and the food don't taste right. But right. <laughs> How do we, we get it? Like, Nobody's supposed to be here. <laughs> Literally. Dead ass, bro. Dead ass. <laughs> um, when it comes to me, I feel like talking to my therapist, my biggest aha moment of this week was working on my negative self-talk because she had to pull out the good things that happened throughout the week. And I was just really focused on what was going on that was a problem and conflict. So realizing that um, I am beautiful, successful, outgoing, all of these facets of life within me and that I don't need to look at, I don't need to search for it exteriorly, like it's all internal and it's just up to me to explore within myself. Okay, so next question, where is your headspace? How are things going upstairs amidst all the bullshit? You said, yeah. Oh, what? Oh, this is a person that said that they missed like the shit we was talking about here. Okay. No, I missed whatever is going in your life. Whatever's going oh, on okay. in your life. Oh, okay. You have going on in your life. The BS. I think for me, I can start this off. If you would have asked me like two weeks ago, I would have been like, oh, hell no. Like it was, it was giving Britney Spears shave my head off type oh, of vibe. <laughs> like, it was very, it was that deep and passionate. But now I feel like I'm good. I process everything. I talk through my, I talk through it with my therapist, talk through it with myself and just realize the things that I need to work on. Um, headspace wise, I'm doing good. I'm um, working on looking at the positives and looking at how grateful I am to be here. And I'm so blessed to have my own room, like I said in the beginning of the podcast. So yeah, positive now. It was negative about two weeks ago, but taking it day by day. Yeah, yeah. I'm... Go ahead, Michelle. Um, where is my headspace? Um, right now I'm, I'm of course I'm exhausted, you know, uh, from school, but I'm sort of getting used to it. It's sad to say, but I'm sort of getting used to it, and I know I have to, you know, stay down with all this stuff for another year. Or so, um, you know, looking forward to the finish line, but of course focusing it on, the, like you know, in the moment, um, and just taking it day by day. Some days are bad, some days are good, you know. Um, the days that are bad, you know, just like we said, doing little things to get us through. And the days that are good, you know, basking in that. So really just taking it moment by moment. Um, yeah, my headspace is it's all over the place, but I'm surviving. Yes. Um, and I guess I'm similar to uh, Michelle. Uh, when I get to work, my headspace is, you know, pretty much like maintained. But when I get home, I feel so chaotic. Like, I feel like I don't know how to be efficient. I feel like I'm just not doing much. I feel like I'm being very hard on myself. So I'm definitely in a, not a good space right now, but I'm transitioning and I'm going to get better. Uh, 
because, you know, you got your days where you're just not with it and you get your days when you're just, you know, with the shit. So I'm definitely getting there. But yeah, it's just like I said, this COVID shit is not me. Um, my social interactions, like it, that's like, I'm an extrovert. So to not have other people's energies, we were talking about this, Casey, when you were here, like we don't have the same energy that we were surrounded by. So like just being by myself, just, I definitely feel like drained, you know, when I come, when I come home and I, I shouldn't feel like that. And I just, you know, I'm just trying to navigate this space, but. That's where I'm at. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. Trying to stay focused on the main goal when it's so far away, but at the same time, you're going to get there. Yeah. Um, And we're also, too, we're not supposed to be living like this. (laughs) Yeah. This This is is not life. life. (laughs) This is not it. Being, like, working and then having a whole separate life from work is ghetto. Like, I want my work to be my life, basically. Labor. What is coming? That's evolving. Like, we're manifesting all of that. Yeah. uh, No, deadass. Your work to be your life. Like, you want, you know, to work for yourself. Like, that's what you want. And that's some real fucking shit. Like, I feel that wholeheartedly. It's just like you said, you know, we're not supposed to be living like this. So the dreams may, you know, feel like so far and distant, you know, because the world is not how we used to see it. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, you know, but you can't let that control what you do the next day. Like you have to see the bigger picture and all of it. And that's just, you know. Yep, exactly. Okay. Next question. Next question was, um, what is your 10-year plan and how do you plan on getting there? Bitch, what? Yeah, right. I don't know about that. I don't know nothing about that. You had time to think. I ain't even read. 10-year <laughs> okay. plan. I think Wait. that we can answer that next podcast. We're going to be 35, 36. Um, I don't know. I feel like 30 is a good age, though, because I feel like everybody that's 30 talks about having, like, knowing what they want to do a little bit and having like their life like figured out somewhat I feel like everyone's like okay 20s is like you're gonna be frustrated and you don't know what you want to do necessarily but you're gonna explore your life and 30 is that age not 30 like 35 34 ish is that age where people are like okay I know what the fuck I want to do and this is how I'm going to get there actively working on it I'm not broke anymore so I can get there you think that's how 34 year olds and 35 year olds are supposed it's a perception. Yeah, I think I. I'm no, asking Casey. Oh, don't say what? that, Michelle. What'd oh, you say, Casey? That? What'd you say? Would you Would you say your depiction of 34 and 35 year olds were? I just wanted to know. Would you say? Oh no, yeah. I feel like no. I feel like that's what people say. Like, yes. Everyone, yes. No, no, no. <laughs> everyone that um, everyone that is that age is just like you need to do like this, that, the third. You're gonna be okay. Like it's gonna be frustrating. Like. You're not going to know what you want to do in your 20s or you're going to figure it out. And then by when you get to like 30 to 40 is the age where everything comes in full perspective. You know what you kind of want to do, like you figure it out and you know how you're going to get there in a sense. But right now it's just like there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of I don't knows. And then you add a pandemic to that whole fucking thing. Like and it's just like. Yeah, no. Add like fifty thousand more question marks. Like yeah. literally. I really just try not to overthink it. 
Like, I hope I'm where I want to be by 35, 36. But um, 10-year plan, I think that just looks like happiness, you know, you know, feeling con- like, you know, feeling um good where you're at. Because I, I, like you said, the 20s is like, damn, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do? Um, is this enough? Do I want to be here my whole life? You know, by 35 or, you know, 10 years from now, I hope that I'm more sure of the path, you know, my life is going. So, yeah. Excellent. I don't have no deets, but yeah. <laughs> 10 years. 10 motherfucking years. <laughs> Ten motherfucking. Um, they go quick, though. <laughs> I, girl, you who you telling? Right, I'm, I'm just a- looking at me. Me, 15 years old, doing right. the screamo. Thinking about screamo it, screen. 10 years ago, we was like 16, 15. Like, I remember being 16, but I was a totally crazy. different bitch. I wonder <laughs> from the future, who the fuck am I about to be? Um, <laughs> yeah. 10 year plan. Let me come up with it real quick. 10 year oh, plan. Okay. So. <laughs> Our birthdays are coming up. I just realized your birthday is near mine, too. Yeah, Every You're about to be what, 26? Yes, yeah, I'm gonna be 25. 25. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. 95, 96 in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big body bands. In 94, we got the trifecta. <laughs> the 90s. I'm crying. <laughs> All right, but yeah, for as far as my 10 year plan, um, I do want to have a kid within uh 10 years. Yeah, but uh, this country scares me scares the fuck out of me to the point where i don't even know if i can live here because it's (laughs) you're laughing bitch are you serious it is i agree i agree you gotta understand like this democracy it's funny how you just say it like let me grab this mic this democracy was built on a lie not like the, the idea of this country was like a fucking fantasy, but the reality of it, like the reality of the laws, like, for example, the fucking uh, the minimum wage, the federal minimum wage in 1930s specifically excluded agricultural workers and domestic workers mm-hmm. from receiving the federal minimum wage in 1930s just so they could do a deal with the devil and pass the shit with the niggas in the South that wanted yeah. to maintain the whole slavery Labor shit. Yeah. So it's like, it took them 35 years to 1965, the Civil Rights Act, right? For motherfuckers to just be able to get fair wage. And like, right. it's Not just even a tip has, of the iceberg. It's crazy. It, oh, this well. place yeah, scary. And the fact, like, baby, I was just listening to a podcast on like the wage theft that companies, like the Ooh. creative Shit Yo, that companies be doing just you to not think pay motherfuckers. The, the George Floyd, <laughs> the George Floyd situation with the cashier, that uh-huh. is a product of wage theft. Like they said, the you know, the the cashier taking this twenty and um being like, oh, this is fake. Like you know, over um exerting energy about this twenty dollar bill is because they find out at the end of the night you got a fake yes. twenty. They taking out your paycheck. Oh my god! So of course, if you broke, you got. I got, imagine somebody got two kids and all they make is $20,000 a year. And you're talking about taking $40,000, $50 out their paycheck. That's exactly. a lot. Exactly. Like, you there's, know, so. there's no, and, and we, like, this podcast talked about how the, the work industry, like, there's no benefits. There's no, granted, we don't want to work for Uncle Sam. We don't want to no. work for these white people. We want to <laughs> work for ourselves. But the laws make it very fucking hard. Uh, you know, you got to be able to have money to invest in yourself. So, in order to get the shit, 
right? Um, we got to do some fucked up things. And as a yeah. black female, right, coming out of high school, looking at the options that I had, what they basically give you is a liquid workforce. And what the fuck that means is they're no longer hiring you to the job and to treat you like a fucking human. They're yeah. hiring you because you're disposable, because you're you're rented. Another you're rented reason. Work. Another reason not to be afraid to say no. Because yeah. the, as quick people be getting people be getting sad because they don't want their jobs to look at them a certain way because they're not coming to work today. Yeah. They will get rid of you and not think about it. So if yes. you need to take that rest day, take that, take that PTO because they yes. do not care. You're replaceable. You die today, they're replacing you tomorrow. Literally. The fact so, that people can't even get PTO access to it, you got to take a day off and bitch, you just don't get paid. Yeah. That was my life before I found my job, which don't exist no more. Right. This country makes it hard. I'm scared for my children in the next 10 years. <laughs> in 10 years, I will be visiting you and your child in Berlin. And I'm <laughs> in Berlin. Berlin. Some, yeah. some socialist no. country that fucks with niggas like yeah. that's what i need like a community-based program <laughs> babe like and, that's sign and i told up. myself too i said if i don't have a child by 35 or 36 i'm not having them i'm not having them and it's it's not looking too bright <laughs> all right girl you just in terms hit quarter of, century you about to hit no no i'm not saying it in terms of um age or nothing but just saying okay, in terms okay. of like like what you were saying, like the way this country looking. First of all, if you think about it, having a kid, honestly, a lot of people just be having kids to carry on a legacy. And yeah. if you think about it, that's kind of selfish because. Damn, you, that's me. You, but if you. If Talk it, to me. Talk to me. You think Ty told me this too. Of, My girl told me this too. Go ahead. Yeah. If you think of it in terms of I'm just having a kid because I want somebody to be alive, be, be alive when I'm not alive and say that they knew me. That's in, if you think about it, I, right. I I heard this in my um like a psych class when I was in um, undergrad. They said uh, I said, "Wow, that's a good point," because like you said, we bringing people here to suffer. We exactly, we this place is. I don't we care. Kids, we haven't kids to suffer all in the name of saying they're gonna have our same last name. That's nuts. Howard, <laughs> another slave owner's last. Let me see. You know, oh damn, let's yeah, let's not go there. We won't be talking for years because that's a, that's also facts. But let's not even. <laughs> but that wraps up catch your life for this week uh any final words guys i missed y'all niggas and we need to do this yeah again. i did i missed y'all too thank you guys for listening it's been a while but we had a lot to say in this hour or however long it's gonna be um when i edit it but until next time we'll see you guys later peace and love peace <laughs>